and welcome to the second episode of Z3 Partners Business Podcast, featuring insights from tech and digital entrepreneurs, business leaders, investors, and thinkers. Z3 Partners is an early growth tech and digital venture capital fund. My name is Gautam Patel. I am the founder and managing partner. On this episode, I have the pleasure to introduce Ritesh Kumar, founder and chairman of Cypherma, a leading cyber intelligence software company. Cypherma has pioneered the area of predictive cyber threat intelligence where their customers are global Fortune 500 companies. Cypherma is headquartered in Singapore with offices in Tokyo and Bangalore. Ritesh Kumar has 20 years of cybersecurity leadership experience in the public security and private sectors. Today, we'll talk to him about the increasing importance of cybersecurity before and after COVID-19. Welcome to the post uh, podcast, Ritesh. We appreciate you taking the time to discuss this and enlighten our listeners. Thank you, Gautam. And thank you, Team Z3 Partners, for having me here today. Uh, before we get into the questions, I just wanted to uh, give a heads up to our viewers that Z3 Partners is an investor in, cyber, in, in Cypherma. Um, we made the investment earlier this year, and we're very happy to be associated with the company. Ritesh, with that, I'll, um, I'll focus on a couple of questions, and it'll be great to get some of your insights. Ritesh, the first question is, um, maybe request you to start by giving our listeners a sneak peek into your background in cybersecurity, and what is yours and Cypherma's area of focus in the field of cybersecurity? Sure. Uh, well, my name is Ritesh, and I'm the founder and CEO of Cypherma. I have been working in information and cybersecurity field from last two decades as, as a cybersecurity product and solution buyer. I have been a service provider, solution implementer, and as well as, you know, um, I had a great opportunity to, to uh, create number of products in, in uh, cybersecurity space. Uh, before starting Cypherma, uh, I was head of uh, cybersecurity at BHP Bulletin, one of the largest global mining company running their cyber strategy and operation. I've worked with PwC and IBM for many, many years. Uh, before that, it was an interesting part of my career. I used to work with a government intelligence agency, was instrumental in setting up their cyber warfare capability and running their cyber crime investigation function. Uh, about Cypherma, uh, we are a threat discovery and cyber intelligence platform company. Uh, we uh, provide hackers' view to organization, how hackers are looking at you as a target, why they are interested in you, their background, what are they interested in, their motivation, and how ready they are uh, to potentially launch an attack against you. Uh, we harness our cloud-based AI ML you know, powered predictive analytics platform to help organization proactively identify potential threat at the planning stage of uh, cyber attack. This is very, very important to understand. Uh, most of the cybersecurity companies, if you look at it, uh, their focus is really uh, to start investigating a cyber attack at execution phase, whereas we start the journey quite early in the game, which is a planning stage of a cyber attack, which truly gives the ability to our client and customer uh, to take a countermeasures uh, before even if a cyber threat becomes um, an incident or a, or, or a breach or a potential you know, threat for the organization. 
Cypherma platform provides deep insight into cyber landscape, amplifies its preparedness by keeping the organization's cybersecurity posture up to date, resilient, and ready for against upcoming cyber attack. Well, we work with uh, many Fortune 500 companies, as you highlighted, Gautam. Uh, the company has offices in, um, in Singapore, Tokyo, and India. Thanks, Ritesh. Um, the other question was, you know, it has become a reality now where we hear about corporations and governments across the world being attacked by cyber criminals, resulting in loss of data, reputation, and money. Can you talk to us about how organizations and governments are tackling this challenge and how Cypherma's cyber intelligence solution can help? Yeah, it's a very interesting question you asked, Gautam. Um, and I will start with a little bit of preamble here. Um, you know, the world as we witness in last couple of years has become increasingly fragmented and nationalistic. Uh, we have never seen the emotions being so high um, in, in nations, uh, you know, driving towards their geopolitical agenda. Uh, we see as, as geopolitics, you know, continues to raise on uh, the, the future of economic pro progress among nations, societies and communities remain bleak and un uncertain and compound, you know, and, and if you look at it, compound, compounded that by the global health crisis, which we have got right now, uh, cybersecurity has elevated to a level never seen before. Cybersecurity is no longer uh, just a part of a corporate governance uh, checklist anymore, but it has now become an essential business enabler for any forward-thinking CEO. Uh, I have been fortunate to be able to see actually issues from multiple angles, as I was explaining during my, my uh, background. You know, first as head of uh, cyber for a national intelligence agency, and then as a commercial executive for a global consulting practice, as well as a global technology company, and followed by uh, being a practice, practitioner as a CISO for, for BHP Bulletin. Um, I have seen actually both sides of, of, you know, the coin, uh, being a seller, as well as being a client of, uh, you know, cybersecurity solution and services. And in my experience, um, has, has actually clearly shown me trends uh, towards, you know, um, a major gap which we have witnessed, especially uh, around how cybersecurity solutions are being actually sold out there in the market and the value creation those cybersecurity solutions are really creating. Um, very few companies are using actually outside in approach today. This means, uh, you know, to be able to monitor external threat landscape and using that threat intelligence uh, to guide what actions needed to be taken first to prevent the most damaging cyber attack. We don't see organizations really kind of applying that factor at all. And unless and until you understand what you are up against, you are never gonna win this race. Um, you know, because if you look at the other side of the world, which are like cyber criminals, hackers, perpetrators, uh, they have got all the time in the world, they've got all the resources in the world, and they've got all the money in the world to come and keep attacking us. There is no problem at all there. Uh, that's why, you know, uh, we always advocate about intelligence-driven approach uh, to prevent cyber intruders, adversaries from getting into your environment in the first place. 
uh, and this means knowing where to look for um, is quite important in, in cyber world. You've got humongous amount of data. You've got humongous amount of you know, alerts uh, coming towards you. How do you actually start your analysis investigation journey? And I think a lot of uh, companies, corporations are really struggling with the start point itself. Uh, they do not understand the anchor point on its own. And this is key to CyFirma threat discovery and cyber intelligence platform. Um, and uh, how we want to close cybersecurity gaps um, experienced by businesses all over the world. Um, if you look at our cloud-based uh, threat discovery and cyber intelligence platform, um, you know, it gives uh, businesses a front row seat to... Uh, to the relevant, like, you know, goings in, in deep and dark web, uh, you'd really need to understand what hackers and perpetrators are really uh, talking about you. Uh, what is their, you know, modus operandi? What is uh, their plan of action? I think you need to have uh, sort of insight into those sort of detail, which you can potentially apply into your cyber posture to make it better. Uh, now, as part of our platform, we collect um, all those secretive data uh, from all those different discrete sources. Uh, we apply different type of AI ML engine um, on, on the data itself to really, you know, decode uh, these signals to present you um, with cyber intelligence, which you can take action quickly upon to avoid any, any attacks. Now, uh, to predict a cyber attack, as you know, it's, it's a big statement to make. But I think what you need to do uh, if you really want to drive predictability in cybersecurity operation, you need to truly analyze, correlate, and find the deepest insight into the noisy data or, you know, the huge amount of data which you, are, you, you have already. Um, and going back to, again, the anchor point, I think anchor point plays a very, very important role. Uh, we actually call this as, as applying and consuming of threat intelligence. I think it's quite important. Uh, to understand that wall, having a great piece of intelligence is 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 great, but ap applying that intelligence in, in at the right time in the right place is equally important. And what this means is intelligence we present to you is fully customized uh, to your business, to your industry, and relevant to your technology you have deployed. It's quite important, uh, you know, the quality of intelligence, applicability of intelligence, and these are some of the areas which we have seen uh, not being addressed by most of our competitors out there. And we are fully cognizant of, uh, of the challenges faced by the CISOs and the IT teams out there. After installation of so many cybersecurity solutions, there is often information overload with many threats and vulnerabilities presented as, as critical. You know, um, you have got humongous amount of alerts coming towards you. What do you really need to uh, take action upon? I think, uh, you know, most of my uh, colleagues out there, especially uh, cybersecurity professionals, uh, they're a little bit lost here. And it's, it's quite important to take an intelligence-driven approach than uh, still continuing to use the event-driven approach, which has been the de facto of cybersecurity industry. That's very useful. So take the intelligent approach. Yeah. Uh, the next question is a question that, you know, I think everyone is, um, is waiting on, which is how does the spread of COVID-19 affect the already complicated cybersecurity problem? 
how should organizations and governments go about tackling this issue? Yeah, it's a very, very timely question, Gautam. Thanks for asking that. Well, while the healthcare workers are battling the COVID-19 and, you know, we've got our systems which are very strained, uh, the rest of the world tries to, you know, cope up with uh, reduced factory output. You've got impact to travel, hospitality, and many other industries, right? We are clearly witnessing another war is raising in cyberspace. And we have been um, clearly actually highlighting this to a lot of, um, you know, uh, computer incident response uh, agencies uh, within multiple nations. Like, you know, we have highlighted number of cases uh, to Japan cert, we highlighted a few cases to India cert, we have highlighted a few cases to Singapore cert as well. Um, you know, our, uh, our current challenges with virus pandemic it, it is just test for the nations and businesses preparedness and their resiliency on all fronts, Gautam, if, if I have to really say that. And if you look at our research, it has actually revealed a multifold increase in cybercrime since middle of January 2020 to capitalize on COVID-19 pandemic for financial, geopolitical supremacy and reputational motive. These are like really motives which hackers and perpetrators are working towards. If you look at the cyber type of cyber attacks we have observed, uh, you know, starting with uh, something very mundane, like, you know, repurposing existing malwares to creating new malwares and data stealing ransomwares to, uh, you know, targeting individuals, organizations with uh, phishing campaigns, you know, creation of fake VPN clients, um, other communication application, impersonation of uh, online stores. We saw in number of cases, uh, we saw, you know, uh, fake vaccines, uh, medicines and uh, medical apparatus being sold uh, and which was actually, you know, in a way, uh, coupled with uh, something what we call in our world called keyloggers, which can actually record your uh, your uh, key footprint as soon as uh, this type of malware gets installed on your system. Uh, we clearly saw a big rise in interception and interjecting tools, uh, which can actually sniff and record your com communications. Uh, we clearly saw uptake in malicious asset um, you know, which was, uh, which was, you know, historically never classified as a malicious asset. But then as hackers, perpetrators started to expand their, uh, you know, um, I would say we call it in our world called attack jump box. Uh, they started to actually create a number of malicious assets out there, which could be potentially used uh, for launching new type of attacks. Um, you know, we saw um, hackers clearly going behind communication appliances, um, applications and devices. Uh, we have clearly witnessed that while, you know, hackers and perpetrators were very much interested in um, causing a social uh, sort of unrest using fake news. And we had a number of cases which we have highlighted to multiple agencies globally uh, where, you know, um, some of these social sentiments was being used to really uh, drive unrest in a particular segment of a society. Uh, some of the recommendation which we would like to actually highlight, um, and we have been saying this very vocally from a uh, number of years, and I'm going to kind of repeat myself, 
um, you know, um, as a organization, as a, you know, nation, as a, I would say individuals, I think we need to be uh, quite aware of that while you need to have a very, very clear and clean cyber strategy and policy, which incorporates not only your IT, your OT and IoT uh, sort of footprint. Now in the new trend of, you know, uh, COVID-19, you will have to actually incorporate remote workers. Uh, It's quite important. Apply security first and defense in depth approach um, to emerging technology. We are embracing emerging technologies, left, right, center, without really thinking about security and security implication. I think that's quite important for us to start to look at how do we effectively start to apply security as soon as we, we start to bring in a new uh, emerging technology in, in, in our environment, uh, create you know, and test national-wide or organization-wide or for your remote workers, an incident response plan. It's quite, quite important. And as we have witnessed, as soon as you know, um, companies, organizations started to ask their employees, contractors, third party to go back and operate from their home, uh, we started to see a clear uptick of cyber attacks towards remote workers. And, you know, in a lot of, lot many cases, uh, those remote workers were caught unguarded because, you know, they didn't know what to do. Uh, so you really need to actually play your incident response uh, plan uh, with your remote workers, keeping them in mind as well. You need to apply layered uh, approach of cybersecurity controls from individuals to organizations, to government agencies, including, you know, your awareness, encryption, multi-factor authentication. There are multiple, you know, ways by which you can clearly create a comprehensive cybersecurity posture. Always do uh, threat profiling. We always advocate this to our client and customer. You know, it is quite important for you to understand your attack vector. Uh, What that means is how attackers are gonna come towards you. Um, You know, going back to the old days when we just used to use our computers, uh, there was uh, no, you know, mobile devices, you know, internet was still in in fancy. The attack vectors for cyber criminals was just, you know, coming via your computer. Um, Today, we have actually created number of attack vectors towards us. You've got mobile devices, you've got, you know, your IoT, sensors, you have got your uh, household appliances and devices, and all of them are today connected to internet, which means now hackers have multiple ways to come and attack um, attackers. Um, I think it is quite, quite important for us to start looking at how do we profile um, ourselves properly. Um, the other part, I think, which is quite important is organizations have to start to look at a concept which we used to use extensively in the intelligence world, uh, what we call as containerization. And what that means is you clearly create zones within your, your network. You clearly create, you know, what is your crown jewels where you should have a big wrapper of, you know, security controls. You should have a layered sort of model within your network, which should actually, uh, create a deterrent for hackers and perpetrators, uh, even if they are able to come into your network, they have actually multiple zones to cross before they can get hold of your crown jewels. It's quite important. Um, and the last thing which, which I want to really uh, talk about 
always you know, try to incorporate uh, a good threat visibility and intelligence program within, within the organization. It is quite important because it can really keep you, uh, keep you really um, you know, um, up there in the game to really understand your external threat landscape, which can really help you to prioritize the way you run your cybersecurity posture program. That is it from my side, Gautam. Thanks, Ritesh. That was very useful. Um, it's, at this point, it's you know, noteworthy to mention that uh, Cypherma, you guys have done a great job of uh, opening up the Japanese market and the Southeast Asia market, where in Japan, you work with very, very large organizations. So I wanted to reorient now towards India and where you feel the opportunity there is. Uh, of course, you have been recently quoted in the Economic Times and the Mint about the imminent cyber threats and risks in India. Can you give us your insights into the cyber threat landscape in India? Sure. Um, if, if you look at it, right, we have been actually monitoring India's cyber threat profile at least from last six months. And especially, you know, starting from February 2020 onwards, we clearly uh, see a huge escalation in interest of hackers and perpetrators towards you know, India's government agencies and large Indian companies. Um, hackers wants to cause bad name to India and the companies within India. Now, there are other motivational factors which we have witnessed here. Uh, we, have, we have seen, you know, they wanting to cause productivity loss. They, uh, they are quite interested in, in causing operational damage. And in number of cases, we have seen, you know, uh, they making a financial gain um, out, out of, you know, cyber attacks, which they want to launch against Indian agencies and, you know, um, large companies there. I think the profile of suspected hackers, if you look at it, who are interested towards um, Indian organizations, I would say, and I'm combining, you know, government agencies as well as, uh, you know, um, large Indian companies, they are majorly coming from state-sponsored actors. And this is quite interesting, you see. Like, you know, if you go back three years back, um, you know, we always used to see back in India, um, you know, the type of cyber criminals who had interest towards India was always, you know, either hacktivist, um, like these, these, these profile of threat actors um, are really oriented towards, you know, financial gain. Uh, but what has happened now is predominantly what we are seeing. Most of the hackers who have got interest towards India agenda are all state sponsored, which is a huge actually change in the risk profile um, of, of India, if, if you ask me. And they are majorly from, you know, and I'm going to quote few nations here, uh, if you don't mind, um, China, Pakistan and North Korea. These are three nations where we have seen, um, you know, a quite a big influx towards uh, India and India agenda. And this might be because of, you know, hackers are aware of our low, you know, cyber maturity. Um, and now at least what we have seen in last couple of years, I think India has uh, taken cybersecurity quite seriously. We see a lot of uptake actually within uh, commercial uh, actually uh, companies as well as in government agencies number of initiatives being run. But it's still, you know, our maturity is, I would say, um, still we have another five years to travel 
before we can really call ourselves as a truly, you know, uh, mature uh, cybersecurity nation. Uh, if you look at geopolitical situation around India, especially coming from, from two fronts, and I don't want to quote those nations, but those two fronts are really driving a lot of attention towards us. Uh, we have got like, you know, vast amount of personal and customer identifiable information, um, which Indian IT services companies and B2C and B2B companies have, which uh, surely hackers and perpetrators are aware of. And they know for a fact that, well, if they get into these B2C, B2B companies or Indian IT services companies, they will have access to humongous um, amount of data which is a sellable entity on its own on those private deep dark web forums, um, as well as it causes a bad name for, you know, Indian, Indian um, companies, as well as, as, as a nation, it causes a bad name for us that well, we are not able to keep our cyber posture uptake. Um, and also, I think uh, the other thing, which is a little bit cultural in nation, uh, well, uh, in nature, Gautam, Cybersecurity is always looked upon as, as quite, you know, late in the business driver. I, I've personally seen this that while, you know, number of companies within India um, always go with the agenda that while, you know, um, we have to go with, you know, what is really uh, going to make a big impact to the business. And that takes precedence over um, any security cyber controls. Um, so we don't truly apply, you know, cybersecurity controls while we are developing those systems or while we are actually, um, even if thinking about, you know, um, enrolling or uh, sort of embracing those systems, uh, it always starts to come quite late in the game. Once we have rolled out system, we start to really think about cybersecurity, which is not right. And I think we, we have to kind of change uh, that thinking for sure. And based on our research, if you look at it again, um, there are two type of uh, threat actors which we um, are witnessing who are taking a lot of interest in, in um, Indian government agencies and Indian companies, uh, state-sponsored groups um, who are not really truly motivated for uh, you know, financial cause, but you have got another fleet of hackers perpetrated and especially, you know, some of them uh, coming in from North Korea and few of them, um, you know, originating from uh, Pakistan. Uh, they are very financially motivated. So we are seeing both the trends. We are seeing, you know, um, a group of hackers who have got a lot of interest in causing bad name to India. On the other side, uh, you're also seeing a trend which is, uh, you know, very much financially driven, which is quite a, quite a you know, uh, challenging sort of uh, ecosystem to manage. Um, industries, some of the industries which I want to actually highlight where, you know, we have noticed hackers uh, showing a lot of interest. Of course, you know, um, uh, government agencies hosting huge personal and customer identifiable information. Um, it, it's surely one of the, uh, you know, prime target for hackers and perpetrators. Uh, we are seeing telecommunication companies uh, spoken about. We, we saw online retail companies part of their, you know, target. We saw FNB companies. We have also witnessed financial institutions being part of their, 
you know, target list. And on top of it, of course, you know, government agencies have been always part of the target list, at least, you know, coming in from state-sponsored groups, as well as, you know, groups who has got uh, financial uh, sort of motivation. Thank you. That was interesting. Um, Ritesh, one thing that the world has taken note of, uh, of your contribution, as well as Cypherma, is your uh, beginning of the year predictions uh, globally. And I know lots of agencies and companies come back to you for those predictions. Uh, we wanted to check if you had what your top three predictions for cybersecurity or cyber threats in the post-COVID world would be. No, it's a great question, um, Gautam. And this is something, you know, we, this is something very, very close to our heart. And we always kind of uh, rally behind this uh, because, you know, threat landscape uh, changes a lot. As you move, as the environment changes, you know, threat landscape uh, changes, uh, you know, uh, completely. Uh, from the way we were looking at the threat landscape three months back, and if you look at the way threat landscape looks like today, um, I would not hesitate in saying that, well, at least we have witnessed, uh, you know, almost one third of uh, prediction, which most of the organization came out with, um, has completely changed. Um, from our perspective, um, three prediction, which I really want to talk about today, um, is starting with trade war uh, will bring new um, impetus to cybercrime. Um, now, recent confrontation, if you look at between US and China, Japan, South Korea, we have got India and Pakistan as well playing out here, will create a new geopolitical supremacy race and fuel cyber warfare. Now, this is quite important to understand. When you have got an involvement of a state-sponsored group, uh, you are actually leading towards cyber warfare. And cyber warfare uh, is, is not something which you can actually downplay. You know, taking a sort of uh, example of, uh, you know, old days of intelligence, uh, you know, we always used to say that the future of cyber warfare will be fought over wire. It's, it's not gonna be over air, it's not gonna be over the land, and it's not gonna be over the sea, it's gonna be over the wire. And that's why a lot of uh, great nations took uh, uh, quite early steps in building their cyber warfare capability, okay? But we are seeing now cyber warfare being played out, not only against you know, government agencies, it's now clearly being played out against competing nations and their organizations too, or I would say their companies too. Now, the strategies such as, you know, new tax regime and injunction providing companies from competing nation will only increase involvement of, you know, state-sponsored cyber criminals to further their own um, industries and their political agendas. This is going to take a big uptake and you're going to see that uh, clearly happening. We have seen a clear footprint of that in last uh, three months um, since COVID, and this is going to clearly um, increase. The other, I think, uh, prediction which I want to touch upon is conflict among nations. You know, that's the other thing which, which I think we need to kind of keep in, keep in mind. Um, I think it's quite important for us to kind of uh, understand that, that situation. Uh, you have got geopolitical supremacy, which I spoke about. 
you've got war war hysteria going on you've got historical differences you know between a state is surely going to get state sponsored involved more into corporate espionage kind of uh, situation than just fighting uh, for geopolitical supremacy um and that's what i was trying to allude to that while you know involvement of uh, state sponsored hackers are not just limited to causing damage to um you know other nation government agencies it is actually now expanding towards organizations companies operating in competing nations which is quite a big change um and this is all because of you know new nations are being now involved uh, and that's my uh, third prediction i want to talk about you have got now new actually nations uh, who are trying to embrace you know um, cyber warfare it's a new game out there every new nations are trying to actually build their cyber warfare capability and some of the nations i want to talk about you know you had a, a big influx coming from north korea and if you look at north korea cyber attacks have become one of their most successful business model right there is no other businesses um in north korea which is flourishing so much um as much as cyber attack you know and uh, they embracing those cyber criminals supporting those cyber criminals have actually made them near about 4 billion dollars in 2019 it's a big uh, you know business model for them now that has been clearly witnessed by nations like iran you've got brazil you've got spain you've got vietnam you've got indonesia popping up and they are also trying to you know build their cyber warfare capability and now what that means is these new entrant into cyber warfare game is going to cause a lot of noise for sure because given they are new into this game they do not have a lot of experience in creating those sophisticated cyber attacks and uh, launching them against you know competing nations or you know competing nation companies uh, what will happen and what we will witness is these new uh, nations will start to use existing malwares existing ransomware existing cyber attack techniques and they are going to just go and use those techniques to launch attack against you know um competing nations or competing corporations uh, which is going to create a lot of uh, upsetting situation for us and what that truly means is you know we will witness uptick in number of cyber attack breaches and incident that is it from my side colin thanks ritesh that was excellent we have a final quick question if you can cover that since we are running out of time one is just on a personal note for our listeners uh, given that your experience around this sector uh for the benefit of our listeners can you just give them a couple of tips on how to secure their personal and professional information given obviously uh, all the bad actors out there no it's a great question and i i uh, truly like this question because this is uh, something i always uh, talk about on number of forums now one of the thing where i want to uh, get our uh, listener to is especially if you look at hackers hackers have become more sophisticated and advanced it's no longer you know those days where we used to deal with 
name and fame seeking hackers or financially motivated individuals. Now, most of the groups are funded and supported by state and countries. As I was saying earlier, they have, they have got all the money, resources, tools, and facilities to come and attack us. We have been expanding attack surface uh, because of uh, you know, new technologies, new tools, which we have been incorpor incorporating in our day-to-day -day and as well as in our uh, professional life, uh, which means now hackers have got a bigger playground and multiple ways by which they can come and attack us. Hackers are inventing new attack methods. And what makes our case really worst is we continue to use fragmented legacy systems in our environment, which are not patched or which are not properly configured or which are not properly even if oriented in certain ways. You know, traditional approach, and this is what I really, really want to highlight, that while traditional approach used by organizations, or I would say, you know, uh, government agencies as well to install new appliances, new softwares, new hardwares, and mentality of creating walls, layer defense, thinking that it will provide a better protection has not worked. We have clearly seen that. Well, because, you know, organizations and as well as government agencies are looking at um, really, you know, the, the whole cyber posture inwards. They understand, you know, what is there within their ecosystem, but they do not understand the external world. Uh, we do not understand who are our enemies, their motivation, their readiness, their tools, their techniques. And it's quite important uh, for us to actually incorporate that as part of our cyber culture. Um, whereas if you look at hackers and perpetrators, they are sharing hacked information very, very effectively within fraction of seconds. If, if they are successful, uh, that information gets shared immediately with other hackers. Um, now, the other situation which is playing on us is, you know, hackers are leveraging on COVID-19 pandemic and are motivated by, you know, combination of first personal financial gain as well as, you know, political espionage to cause social unrest. Uh, you have got number of new tools uh, which hackers and perpetrators have created for commercial uh, actually gains and as well as for their political agenda. Um, so my way of looking at, you know, this whole situation right now, I think my recommendation to our audience will be really, you know, um, look at cybersecurity from, uh, from understanding what you are up against. You know, it's, it's, it's very, very important. And if you understand um, what you are up against, who are your enemies, and if you are able to incorporate them into your cyber hygiene, and your cyber culture, that's gonna um, surely help organization to better protect themselves. And then, you know, as, as the world becomes increasingly unpredictive and our contribution, uh, you know, contribution uh, to make all the differences, we, we are truly on that agenda. And this is in line with CyFirma mission, Gautam, which is to really unravel cyber risk and threats for a safer society. And we will continue to work on that agenda and uh, we will continue to build on that as we, as we go in our journey. Thanks, Ritesh. Um, this has been uh, extremely insightful for us um, as a fund and, and a team, as well as I'm sure for our audience. Thank you for your time. Your views on cybersecurity have been amazing and a real eye-opener for us.
Yeah, thanks very much for your time, Gautam, and uh, Team Z3 Partners. Um, thank you for having me today. Um, it's always a pleasure talking to you guys. Uh, this is to the audience now. Please send your views, comments, suggestions, additional questions to info at z3partners.com. That's info at z, the number three, partners.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Have a good evening and stay safe.